Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Tanisha Warner is the founder and CEO of one of the country's most successful multicultural marketing and communication firms, Agami Group. Her book, The Big Stretch, 90 Days to Expand Your Dreams, Crush Your Goals, and Create Your Own Success, is a soul-searching, life-transforming, 12-week boot camp that reveals how to get from where you are and where you dream to be in life and in business. We are super excited to talk to Tanisha. Welcome, Tanisha, and thank you for coming on The Sense of Soul. I'm so thrilled to be here, and um, I know it's going to be a good conversation. Tanisha, we know that you're going to bring such a vibrant vibe today to this podcast because that's just the energy I get from you, from your social media, from your Instagram, from your book, from just cute pictures of your puppies and your friends. (laughs) (laughs) You you just seem like a light. So thank you for joining Sense of Soul today. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I would love just to start with Tanisha as a little girl. I mean, where'd Tanisha grow up? What was Tanisha like as a little girl? I was born in Mariana, Florida, which is a small town in um, the panhandle of of Florida. So it's Northern Florida. I was born to Carolyn Hearns and Robert Jackson. My mother and father, they were teenage parents. I mean, I didn't think about it, you know, for, for a while, but teenage parents, I'm so proud that they made the decision to go forward and, and have me and just believe in their ability to raise a child, despite the fact that they were children themselves. So because of that, my grandmother really played an instrumental role as well in raising me. My mom is 14 years older than me. So when I say teenage parent, like 14. So in some ways, you know, she's always mother, but in so many ways, I feel like we actually grew up together as well. What I was told and what I can remember, my mom says the same Tanisha that the world gets today, that like I was that little girl. I remember being bright. I remember being energetic. I remember being extremely happy. Like I was a happy child and also very determined and outspoken. (laughs) I got in trouble quite a bit about my personality and the ability to speak my mind, no matter what. (laughs) Mandy and I have talked about this before because we've done a lot of ancestry work, but back in the day, 14 was average for a woman to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were waiting for her to become of age to, you know, marry her off. It's funny because then it was like, I was uh, in my twenties when I had my first two children and coming from Catholic roots, it was such a big deal because I wasn't married. It was like, I did something bad. Mm, yeah. My mom talked to me about that, um, Shanna, just having a lot of shame. And she she yeah. told me that she actually tried to be invisible. Oh, um, I during that. that. Yeah. You know what? But the reason why I bring this up is because how far we've come as women, right? Mm-hmm. Where we used to really have all the shame and guilt attached to all of these conditions and, you know, rules of the world, whoever made. And then, you know, now breaking free of those things that really have really lived through generations and being able to free ourselves from that and be the women that we are truly meant to be. 
goddess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said goddess? Goddess, girl. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing to speak our truth. And you do seem like a very powerful woman. Oh, thank you. I, I can, I really do say my, my family, my mother, I'm happy that although I'm sure it was challenging to have such an outspoken little girl, my mom, she just sort of nurtured it. Like you remember when you would get grades in school and you got S's or N's? I think yeah. I would get all S's in any of the subjects, but always in talking, I always got N's like N, 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 N. And uh, my mom asked a teacher, like, what do I do? Like, I can't stop her from talking. And um, the teacher told her, you didn't hear this for me, but that's okay. Like if she keeps getting in or use in talking, that's her voice. And, and I wouldn't quiet that. So I'm glad that my mom and the teacher just kind of let it just go under the rug. Yes, I continue to get like the lowest grade possible, but it taught me that I can talk. Like I can speak you know, I can relate to that. I myself was so proud of my mom in a meeting with a teacher who said the same thing. The teacher was bringing a very negative context to it. And my mom said, oh, I think she, or that the fact that she's speaking her voice, it's leadership. She kind of put the teacher in her place, like, because I wasn't interrupting or being rude. It was just, I'd always raise my hand. I would always speak my mind. You know, if they're asking questions, I was the first one to raise my hand and tell you it. Now, I will tell you later in life, I did have shame around that. I felt like maybe I needed to quiet my voice a little bit more. Maybe I talked too much. Maybe I needed to listen more. Did you have any of that kind of limited beliefs or thoughts going through your mind at any point? I, I know this is going to sound horrible, but if there was one area that my husband probably wished I had a limiting belief, it would be talking. No, I still talk freely. <laughs> I feel like for me, I come from a generation of women who did not speak. And so I feel like it's part of my purpose that yeah. I am to speak. So, and that's just kind of like what I was saying, you know, for so long, women have not been able to have that voice and not be able to be public about how they feel. And so I feel it's truly important. And I'm so glad that so many women are. I mean, just, you know, how excited I was that a woman is a vice president. That is huge. We have come so far. We yes. have so far to go too. You talk about how it's not even just enough to dream, which I always say when I think about my ancestors, I am from French Creoles. I know that women had got on their knees. And again, I could cry because they dreamed of someone who could be as free and open as I am. They dreamed yeah. of this. So I am that voice, right? Of their yeah. dream. But I love that. I saw that that's like one of your favorite sayings, that it's not enough just to dream. And there was more to that. It was doing it. It was taking action, right? It has to be dream and action. So, you know, I am an adamant believer in giving ourselves that time to get in connection with our dream. And I will allow for the dreamer to stay in that space in order to get the inspiration and the vision, but it mm -hmm. must be married with action in order to bring the dream into reality. You used one of my favorite words, connection. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that connection. When you say connection, what, what exactly do you mean? 
So basically for all of the listeners, I am, you know, assuming that you're here with Shana and Mandy and in this session, you know, my intention is to get you in tune with what dream is calling you now. And so when I talk about connecting to your dreams, basically, Mandy, what I found in working with so many different dreamers is we're so busy living our day-to-day lives that we don't pause enough to give our imaginations and or souls the freedom to connect with a higher power, a higher source to even guide us around what is the dreams within your heart. Our imagination, I believe, is our superpower. Like Mm -hmm. it is our ability to see what does not exist and Mm -hmm. actually bring that into reality. There's something magical and supernatural about that ability. I can't tell you how many dreams I sit in now. And so, you know, when I walked through my New York office, that was born in my imagination. We experience it today, but I experienced that office in the form of a dream years ago. And I saw things that are now in that office. I knew that when the elevator opened, it was gonna be all glass. I knew that the office was going to be all white. But I I wouldn't have been able to see that before it existed without giving myself the space and time to let my imagination run free. So when I say connection, I want you to connect with your imagination to really be able to get that spiritual download in what's inside of you. Because Mm -hmm. it's our imagination that gives us glimpses of our destiny and future. Yeah. I love that. Wow. And the reason I brought that word up is because I think that it's one of those words that's lost its true value and meaning because connection is is feeling it, right? So it's having that dream and then connecting to that, to that imagination. And it's a feeling inside of you, you get to in your soul and in your spirit. And then that is what, what helps to guide you and direct you. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When my imagination is running and it's a, what I call a, a God given idea, there's a different feeling in my body. Usually I almost feel like I've been there before, or I'm so curious about it. Um, It's a deeper sense of connection to that particular idea. Another thing clear, like you see it so clear. Not all the time, but I get glimpses of it and it, and then it continues to come back over and over and over again. And if you get in tune with mastering, how do you talk and speak with your imagination? It really makes life fun. Like I'll sit, I'll let my imagination run and then I'll write in a journal, what did you see? And then it's so cool to go back later and connect the mysterious dots. Like I saw that. I saw Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something that sits with that discernment that says, yes, you know, (laughs) and you have to lean into that. You have to keep leaning into that feeling. I like how you talk about how, you know, during COVID, you know, it kind of gave us that pause to kind of sit back and perhaps see yourself somewhere else, see yourself in a different light. I know a lot of people's 
you know, jobs even changed during that time, or, you know, they are now seeking something different. Yeah. You gave us that pause. You know, there, of course, the pandemic, there are, are many, many, many oh. stories that will pain our hearts for decades to come. Yeah. Um, but inside of that pandemic, there are also many stories that I believe will paint a new future for the way that we experience the world and for the way that we experience ourselves and for the world that we create again. And so it's almost like God gave us a pause. Yeah. Whether we wanted to pause or not. And inside of that pause, many people started to do a great deal of reassessing. Absolutely. You know, right now with this workforce, there are so many employees and workers saying, I'm not interested in going into an office every day again. There are so many of us that maybe we were traveling 90% of the time and we're taking a step back and say, man, we didn't even have to do that. Can you believe we were actually traveling to another city to do a podcast? Like literally <laughs> in December of 2019, I flew to LA for immediate, like a media blitz. And if I go back and look at those days of being in LA, I flew from New York to LA, majority of that could have been done from right here. But I didn't know that the world didn't know that at the time. And so it really gave us an opportunity to reevaluate our values, our priorities, what mattered to us. And, and then it's giving us a chance to design again. Yeah. And I do also want to bring up, it just happened to be this way. I think it was divinely connected, but it also got a lot of people to see face-to-face -face Black Lives Matter. They got to actually, you know, witness this and actually they had time to sit around and, and really watch things and, and hear things maybe they hadn't heard before, maybe do some research. And I mean, it's not like it had never happened before, but now it's in your face and now you're sitting at home watching it. It was definitely the, what I call the convergence of two deadly viruses. You yep. had COVID-19, which was by and far disproportionately impacting communities of color. That's another whole podcast, but, but yeah. stats, if I were to like take you through some statistics and insights, just because of so many health inequalities that exist and health mm -hmm. disparities, we were, uh, people of color were more at risk. And so yeah. you have the deadly virus that is impacting communities of color like never before, impacting our world, but in particular, communities of color at a faster rate. And then you have the virus that has always been here, racism rearing its head. And those two had a collision moment mm -hmm. in 2020 that served as the global awakening. Yeah. This world, we, we needed to look at it, but we were so slowed down that you couldn't ignore it. You couldn't look away. Like we were yeah. literally at home in lockdown. Mm -hmm. It can't be now complacent. Like this cannot just go away now that things may go back to normal. It's, it can't go back to normal. Like we have to take advantage of opportunity for change. And that's how I feel like even with life, it all went bigger for me. Cause it's like how much an individual needs to heal, right? 
um, a city needs to heal, a country needs to heal, humans need to heal. And it just, it all goes back to, for me, like truly being able to go within and sitting with yourself. And are you ready to make that change? It's all individual, but yet it's everything. It's, it's like the world was sick in more ways than one. Yeah. So Tanisha, I love that you talk about how failure is one of our, you know, greatest leaders overall. Like if we're going to look at the big picture, like Shanna's talking about, there's some areas we're really failing in as a country. And another thing that was captivating because Shanna and I built this podcast on turning pain into purpose was that you also talk about that. So combine those two, you know, how do we take pain that comes from failures and turn it into that purpose? And does it, it, does it start with each individual person? And then it has that butterfly ripple effect to the rest of the world. Is that how you see it? I'm going to take two different parts. So let's do pain into purpose. So given that we were just talking about 2020, this is a personal example that I will give you. After the murder of George Floyd, the the very, I can't remember, I think it could have been that day or the next day, I can't quite remember, but there was a team meeting that was called and our company and majority of our employees are people of color. We are doing multicultural work that is actually impacting multicultural communities. And we basically did a pause and said, and gave ourselves the time to feel together as a company. Inside of giving us that time, there was so much that came up. We're angry, we were hurt, but what was palatable was the pain. Like we were really in pain. And some of this is just the way that I'm designed, but the, the challenge was we gotta take this pain and like do something with it. And the challenge in that meeting was we got to channel this pain into purpose any way possible. And like just staying like any way possible. And one of the first things that we did is we decided that we were going to use our role to educate Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 companies on the convergence that was happening in America and what could their companies do. So that was like our first thing of getting busy. We didn't even charge for it. We, we came up with this, um, it was like an insights overview and we called it a tale of two viruses. And we told as many companies, like if you wanna go through this session, we'll take you through it. We're not charging you for it, but we, we're gonna show you what you can do. And we did like meeting after meeting after meeting. Well, many of those companies, they were fired up and they, you know, there was a healthcare company that said, you know what we can do? We can go put free COVID testing stations in the communities that don't have access to testing. There was a financial company that said, you know what we can do? We can give grants to minority business entrepreneurs that they are, you know, on the verge of being closed as a result of the impact of the, you know, economic impact. And we just did it over and over and over. That's an example of taking something that was extremely painful and channeling it into purpose. And then as it relates to failure, wow, you know, as an entrepreneur, 
you have so many scars and so many lessons, but failure is indeed one of the greatest teachers. And so usually what I will do after a moment of failure is number one, my relationship with failure and the definition, I don't perceive it as like it's over or, you know, I I did not succeed. I, I pause to say, what can I learn from this and how can I reapply it to be better and stronger? And so it's sitting in that moment when things did not go as you planned, or if that, you know, that venture that you were, you know, seeking to do, it didn't work out, pause and say, what did I learn from this? Jot down all of the key learnings and how can I reapply the key learnings to be stronger the next time? And that's just building your strength muscle time after time after time. Thinking about these people who are hopefully these people of power who know they have such influence that they might reconsider, you know, that maybe they are failing. So let's use this. I've been saying how amazing I think these next generations are, even though they're less structured than we are they're just so empathetic and kind and they have a voice and they're, they're powerful in their unity. I like what you keep going back to is the pods, how important that space, that space. I have to do that all day. Or I'd be like those people who are just like a robot, you know, I'm just following everybody. I don't have a thought. Cause I, I definitely think I was like that for many years, very mm-hmm. conditioned, had no experiences for myself. So the pause has been the biggest thing in my life. Yeah. It's a way to make sure that we're connecting to ourselves. Yeah. To hear from ourselves and to also make sure we are giving ourselves what we need. And align. Like, do you really think that? You know what I mean? Like, it's the decisions that you're making, the choices that you're making, the dreams even that you have are they yours. I love your story, Tanisha, because you guys were sitting in a moment of a lot of emotions. It, it sounds like you pulled your, your business, you know, your, your corporation together and sat around and unified and made that you probably paused and then made a decision to alchemize that pain into purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people might get stuck because they, if you sit in that pain and you fester in it and you build resentment or you just sit in that in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I always bring that up because that's my connection with with a lot of things is that they say that resentment is the number one killer. So mm-hmm. it's, it seems to be that 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 moment of pause and then getting into action is where a lot of people will get stuck. And, and what is your advice for them or experience? I think one is to the awareness that you are in a painful moment. Um, And the awareness that when you're in those moments, it can be very dangerous um, and and very uh, impactful to your life trajectories with how you choose to respond to the pain. And so making that choice and being aware that this is a choice, you can become bitter, you can become resentful, you can become paralyzed, you can become the person that is very hard to be in relationship with, right? Or you can dig deep, 
work through it, acknowledge the fact that you are in this painful state, but be willing to push through to get to something good on the other side. And again, sometimes things are so tragic. It's very hard to think about what could possibly be the good on the other side. Um, but I just, I feel that it's our duty to fight to get to the good on the other side. Hey, Sense of Soul listeners, sorry for the interruption, but we have some exciting news to share. Shanna and I have decided to offer an affiliates page on our website to our guests that we have had on. Then it makes it easy for you, our listeners, to find programs and professionals that align with you. Yes, it's so easy. Just go to our website, mysenseofsoul.com, and on our homepage, click the Network of Lightworkers Affiliates. Then scroll and simply click on your favorite guest. From there, use the code under the guest that they have made particular to them and sign up or simply tell them that Sense of Soul has sent you. We have been so excited to announce our new ongoing partnerships with some of our amazing guests. Sense of Soul, Shanna and I will earn a commission for our endorsement and recommendation to their product or their service from this affiliates page. Your purchase will help support Sense of Soul in our purpose, bringing amazing episodes twice a week to our listeners all around the world. We want to take this opportunity to thank you, our participating affiliates and listeners for your support. Oh, and don't forget that we have a Patreon. Patreon is a platform where we have special exclusive content for Patreon members. Just download the free Patreon app and search Sense of Soul. Then pick your tier that resonates best with you. Unlocking exclusive content like Mandy and I's exclusive mini series only on Patreon. Our monthly Sense of Soul Sacred Circles. Patreon also has exclusive merch. We have polls on fun topics, bloopers, workshops, and even early releases of episodes. It is also an amazing way to build our community and interact intimately with our listeners. Check it out. We love and appreciate you all so much. Now back to our amazing guest. You talk about branding and that's a big part of what you do is like, is branding yourself. Uh, Do you find that a lot of people find that their brand is, comes from a place of passion and pain combined? You know what? Yes. I think um, depending upon like if it's an individual and or corporation, a great brand should be able to link back to the brand's purpose. And, yeah. and some of the questions that I ask is, why do you exist? What becomes possible in the lives of others because you exist? And what becomes possible in the world because you exist? Mm-hmm. So some of those thought-provoking questions kind of ladders back to the brand's purpose. And so within that, if you're clear on that, it should be able to be felt through your brand. I love it. Let's talk about um, your brand. It's, uh, is it Igami? Igami. Okay. I I have in my mind this idea of what I think it is. Can you talk about where you, where you got that name? 
Tell me what you think it is first. And then I'll Well, talk. so it's interesting because I just had a gentleman the other day make me these little like figures out of paper, like, you know, and he was transforming this little, just normal piece of paper into like these dinosaurs and these um, amazing little figures. So my mind went there. It's all about transformation and, and turning it into something. It, it was beautiful, but that's just my, my imagination went there. Oh like, man, that is so beautiful. <laughs> Our purpose is we activate a brand's purpose to drive impact in the world. And so in order for us to do that, we work with them first and foremost to discover their brand purpose. So phase one, we're doing a lot of looking inward. We're not going to look externally first. We're going to look inward. Who are you? What are, what is it that you have in the inside of this company that is magical, that you desire to give to the world and others. How is it that this magic, which is the purpose, how is it going to serve those individuals? And then how is it going to serve our world? Mm -hmm. And so through that process, we're looking inward at a brand's image from the inside out. And as we explore that and activate it from the inside out, there will be an external impact to others in the world. Wow. That's yeah. strong. Do you find that there's always like a, a very deep passion and desire within that creates that purpose? Or do you feel like sometimes the purpose is outside and you find it? Because I have found surprisingly that there was this passion and this desire to teach. I always wanted to play teacher when I was little, you know, I always wanted to be a mommy and care. You know, I had these natural things that I came here with that actually I, now I do exactly kind of in many ways, what I feel like I came here with. Mm. So I kind of believe that the discovery of purpose, it's not like one got it. I think it's more of a journey and I think that it unfolds like it has a beautiful way of unfolding. What you have to do is be committed to going on the journey to discover it. And as you discover more and more and more about yourself, it's putting you more on a purposeful path. I'll use this example. Soledad O'Brien is a uh, an anchor, a journalist. She's well-known in the media and entertainment world. And she's just a beautiful, beautiful soul. Well, in interviewing Soledad, she talked to me about her journey to purpose, discovering what her purpose was not, was almost as pivotal as discovering what it is. So she was in medical school and like going through med school to become so clear that this is not it, she wow. had to discover what it wasn't to put her on a path of what it was. Yes, I can totally relate. And so it really, really helps that if us parents could help guide our children to follow what is their journey. Because like I was saying before, it's, it's one thing, I mean, I know I have kids in different generations. So my older kids, if you would have asked them maybe in their teenagers, like, you know, what's your dreams? They might have spoken mine. They might have spoken my dreams for them. And therefore now they have to undo all that. <laughs> so yes, it has to be a journey in that way. I hope that there's some way 
that in the future as awakened people who understand what you're talking about, what you're teaching, what you've got out there in your book, that we're able to raise a future of people following their own dreams, their own passions and purposes. That's such a good point. And it's probably one of the reasons why sometimes I spend so much time working with dreamers, asking them the question, whose dream is this? Is it yours? Is it society's? Is it still true for you? It's very easy to adopt the expectations of others and Mm -hmm. almost adopt the dreams that others may have for us. And so that's work to do the work to say, well, what is it for me really? And I like the fact that Shanna, that you almost compare it to how pivotal the stages of parenting can be to allow young people to discover it for themselves along the way. I think that could be very helpful in individuals. Sometimes people don't think there is this space to dream because they're rushed so fast. Like you graduate, you go to college and then you, you know, life is getting really expensive. You know, Colorado has boomed. And so then they get out of college and, and they start this job that they're rushed into just to meet their bills or their student loans. And they can't find the space to dream. And even if they want to, they don't know how they could possibly put it into action and still be able to live. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's very real and very true. (laughs) So one of the things that I would say is the earlier that you can start to get on a path, the better, because then your choices are keeping you on an on-purpose path. So if anyone is listening to this and you're in high school and you're thinking about what you want to major in, I want you to start asking yourself the questions of what are you passionate about? What are you good at? What makes your heart like beat fast? What would you do for free? If I were Mm -hmm. pondering those questions in high school, it probably would have changed the trajectory of the choices that I made in college. The later that you wait to start pondering those deeper questions, the more likely you can find yourself on someone else's path. So that's what I want to say to some of the younger people. Well, Tanisha, I love that. What would you do for free? That's huge. I love that one. Yes. (laughs) For the adults, because it's very real, right? If you now have awakened and you're in a situation where you're living a life and you can't find the meaning and the purpose and the passion, that is fine as well. I believe in something called dreaming responsibly. So I'm never going to say, okay, it's time to go run off and do your dreams and leave every single responsibility that's in front of you. That's not the world that we live in. And in my book, The Big Stretch, if you go to thebigstretchbook.com, I even have exercises that help you support where are you and what type of stretch in the stretch is the expansion that will be needed of you to move in the direction of your dreams what type of stretch is right for you? So I have you examine and you look at your responsibilities, you look at your risk tolerance and you find a path that will be okay for you. So for example, um, I was working with the individual that she was very clear. I'm not going to quit my job, but I know my job has absolutely zero to do with my, my passion and my purpose. So what do I do, Tanisha? And so what we did with her is we got her very clear on her passion and her purpose. 
And her passion was around lifestyle. It was around fitness and fashion. Well, she started to create times to work on a blog that was about lifestyle, fashion, and, and, and fitness. She became an influencer and a thought leader. And I call that a hobby dreamer. And so she nurtured something that she was passionate about while working her full-time job. And she's currently still doing both. So many times we look at this path as if it has to be an either or, and it doesn't, it can be a both and. You can be working a job, being responsible, but still on this path to nurture your passions in other ways. I, you know, I have what it's interesting because I had a dream, literally, we're talking about dreaming and it was about these three books and they, you know, eat, there was different things on the spine of each book. It was like, you are at the right place at the right time. That's what the three books said, you know, and I was like, oh, this is, this conversation is really kind of hitting on the stream for me right now because <laughs> they never really understood the whole thing. I pulled out one book and each book was individual. And so the first book was called You Are, and it had all these beautiful, like, um, affirmations at the bottom, like loved and worthy and all this. And then Nancy and I got on the phone and I said, well, wonder if the books are kind of like back in the day, remember those one chapter books where you read it and then you have options to either go this way or this way. You can like skip. You remember those books? Yes. But in the end, everything is always the same. So you could take the long road, right? <laughs> or you can go on the fast track if, if you're fortunate enough. But like you said, when you were talking about that one woman who is now an anchor, but went through school to be something totally different, which happens to a lot of people. Mandy herself can tell you, she tried out everything and it wasn't her passion though, but she was seeking and seeking and she doesn't see it as a failure in any way. I love that. Mm -hmm. But you'll get back to the same place. Do you feel like that people sometimes are running around in circles just to end up right back to where they started? Well, I believe that we should believe that it's all working in our favor. Like it, yeah. it's all going to work out. Um, otherwise, sometimes you can create um, a mindset around time that is based in lack. Like there's not enough time. And if I go left and make the wrong decision, then it's all over. Versus if I go left and make the wrong decision, I believe that it's all going to work in my favor and somehow I'm going to make it back to my destiny destination. So yeah. I do think there's different routes, but you got to trust that yeah. God is going to continue to redirect you, redirect you, redirect you to get you to your path. Well, and I think that the steps in your book, the 12 steps are a very tangible guide for people to be able to not run in so many circles. I even read about, it was the, um, the dream detox. So that would help you as well to be able to, um, to, to not do what Shanna's describing. Yeah, get, on, get off the treadmill, <laughs> like get somewhere. Cause that's how I feel very often. I feel that way. I mean, Mandy goes out and tries things. I feel like I, I try the same thing for the long stretch, right? And so, is it something blocking me? And so that's where I think the steps are good because it helps you kind of get into a little bit deeper, like where you're at and why you're not maybe. Is that right? 
Yes. So it just really supports you. And I, I call it a dreamer's blueprint. So if you want to start creating and manifesting dreams at a faster rate, it's a very structured process to get you there. It's a four phase process broken out over a 12 week period. And it's literally taking the blueprint from hundreds of iconic dreamers that have achieved great success, my own personal dream story. And the idea was to give a blueprint to others so that they can manifest at a faster rate. So phase one is dreaming. That's what we talked about earlier, the imagination, connecting with what is it that your imagination wants to bring into life. Phase two is design. You have exercises at thebigstretchbook.com to actually download, to, act, to start mapping a plan to take the dream out of idea land into action-oriented steps. The third phase is dare. Um, no dream is going to come into existence in your safe place. So we start to work with you to get comfortable to become more daring. And then last but not least is building the muscles, what I call do, so that you're prepared to do the dream for the long term. It's very tangible, which I think is what people are looking for, because when you tell people to dream and to manifest, it's very confusing. We, we've yeah. we've done a lot of research and had on a lot of people that that talk about manifestation. And this really breaks it down on how exactly to make it happen and how to do it without feeling completely overwhelmed or stuck. And I appreciated that tangible outline of those steps. And you named them fun things. Like what, there's one that was like the dream bullies. It had a really cute twist on it. Was this book part of a dream that you had? Did you see yourself as an author? It definitely was a dream. I remember my husband and I, on our very first date, he asked me to share with him my dreams. And many of the Aww. things that I shared on that date, like we have now created together. And a, being an author was one of those dreams that I shared with them. Yeah. That's awesome. As soon as you said the dare one, I mean, I, my fear, you know, it's fear. fear. There's so much fear in people to take that chance to dare to dream. Fear is so many people's blocks. I just want to point out that you are just like the definition of perseverance. And I see your picture right next to the word. I mean, just that powerful. It's one of my favorite words. You know what, yeah. that triggered a question that I have for you. Um, Tanisha, a lot of people and a lot of our listeners are, it's so funny, Shannon and I are like, we did not mean to create a podcast that's encouraging people to go quit their corporate jobs. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many people reach out and be like, I decided to go do my purpose and quit my corporate job. And we're like, wait, what? No, hold <laughs> on. Have a plan first. But a lot of our audience is seeking this more authentic space to work in. And I think that you have created that within your business. And I think that that's that shift we're talking about that happened with COVID and with the Black Lives Matter and that whole 2020. So I guess my question to you would be, is a lot of people feel like if they're doing something that they would do for free, that's truly their purpose, then it doesn't feel right to make money doing it. Wait, hold on. Let me make sure I get this. Your okay. question is, if people are doing something that 
they would do for free? Are they feeling guilty about making money from? A lot of people do. A lot of people that are doing jobs that are to help others that they feel like was gifted to them through their journey have these blocks where they feel as if it's wrong to charge money for it. A very interesting question, Mandy. I think I find that because an individual that's going down an entrepreneur journey, because it is a part of their gifting, sometimes they're willing to give, give, give from that gifting space and maybe not realize when the time is to say, hey, look, this is my gifting, but I need to monetize as well at some point. And like being comfortable in asking for the dollars that's associated with the value of that gifting. Like sense of soul. I mean, like, honestly, we put out almost 200 episodes. We're booked until April with three interviews a week. I put out two episodes. It is a lot of work, way more than any full-time job I've ever had. I have made money off of services, but the podcast itself, we should have some sort of sponsor. We're top 25 in the spiritual podcast. We're always in the top 100, 200 around there overall of 1% of podcasts, but we haven't had even the space and time to really go out and find it. We need to put your book right next to our bed and do those 12 steps. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So you're- Because we love what we do. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. Yeah, you're operating in your gifting, but you want to make sure that that gifting is- bringing you in some dollars as well. If you're doing this as a business, I think you can be clear and take that test called a dreamer's assessment and yeah. find out, mm-hmm. are you a, a hobby dreamer? Like, are you doing this and you have no expectation of earning potential out of it? And if that's the case, that's okay. Because you- Well, can- I think we didn't start that way. Of course we didn't. We just, you know, we're like, we're going to talk and we're going to share but then it turned into so much and that so much took up time where we could be working, right? Where we could be making money. So it has turned into, it's evolved into a very full-time job. Yeah. You got to basically marry a monetization plan against yeah. this. understanding the podcast business now would yeah. be a part of what's next. And your book couldn't have landed at a more appropriate time for me to pick up and read because it is the steps that Shannon and I need to look at at a deeper level and connect to our dream, just like you say, because this is our dream. So now it's time to fully commit and connect to it and take those steps. In 90 days, should we send her a message and say, girl, we just made our first million. Yes, (laughs) we should. (laughs) Uh, yeah, in 90 days, I want you to be able to, to definitely tell me the traction that you all have all right. made, the results, the tangible yeah. results. There was something else that I just want to talk about, um, you know, real fast. And you talk about this on your Instagram about how important it is to start learning to speak to diverse crowds and to diverse audiences, that multicultural kitten. And I, I, I've never really stopped to actually to think about 
specific ways to do that and how important it is because you talked about the census report and what we're looking at in the future and that is so important and can you talk about that because I know it's a huge part of your business and what you do and you're passionate about it. So basically we work with fortune 50 fortune 100 brands to create marketing campaigns and we specialize in diverse audiences so our value um, or importance to a brand really ties back to the face of America is changing. We are becoming more of a melting pot every single day and diverse audiences are on track to be the majority in the future by the year 2045. So brands need to make an effort to speak to these audiences in a way that's authentic, that's culturally relevant, that's culturally um, meaningful. And our job as marketers is we spend a great deal of time working with these brand leaders to educate, to provide insights, and then to provide strategies around here's how you speak to these growing audiences. I like that a lot because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to speak to a just white audience, but we need to be educated on how to speak because people are afraid to speak, but not talking is the problem. So I will continue to talk. And if I have to be educated more to talk in a more multicultural way, then that's what I'll do. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being inclusive. And so you can or like with sense of soul, being inclusive so that your message is resonating, uh, you know, across a range of audiences, white, Black, Asian, Pacific, American. All over the world. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And we do. And we do. And that that is huge for Mandy and I. When we were able to, when we were able to look at the numbers and see that we have an entire island (laughs) that is like one of our biggest lists. We're like, how do they listen to us? (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Well, Tanisha, you have been such a pleasure. Where can our listeners find out um, more about you? And I know that they can get your book um, many different places. So if you could plug that in for them, that'd be great. Well, Shanna and Mandy, it's been my pleasure to be here with you today. And thank you for inviting me into your tribe. Mm-hmm. And for the Sense of Soul tribe, just count me as family now. You can follow me on any social media channel at Tanisha J. Warner. And the book that we've been referencing is The Big Stretch. You can buy it anywhere that books are sold, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble. And then for some of the resources that I've been referencing, if you go to thebigstretchbook.com, you can engage with some of the templates and exercises. I highly recommend it. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. My desire for all of the listeners in 2022, you become intentional to get in tune with the dreams that are within your heart, the calling that God has on you in this moment in time. And we want to support you at Sense of Soul with tools to make sure that you can bring those dreams into fruition. Yes. You know what I noticed is that when you are passionate about something, when it is like this calling for you, it's not hard to climb the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. 
you, yeah. you, you feel obligated to climb that mountain because you you know it's tied to something that's greater than yourself. And it's tied to your meaning and reason for existence. Tanisha, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for yes. your time. And I wish yeah. blessings on Sense of Soul. So keep Thanks. going. It was very good to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.